Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 169. It's now been four years, 10 months, and 28 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And hello from my home studio on the last day of 2018, finally. I say that because I know for some of you, like our dear Donnie and others, and moi, we are so glad to see the back of this challenging year. And part of my latest challenge is why I'm not out on the mountain or down at the park, and more on that later. Our final show this year is appropriately enough, a mixed bag of blessings, jokes, thoughts, newbie season old, and some positive words to consider for 2019. Proof. The only constant in life is change. So in the spirit of fun and constant change, let's be inspired today by a snippet I picked out in honor of our friend Donnie. Morning coffee, cappuccino. Well, Donnie, I hope you enjoyed my inspiring snippet of morning coffee. For me, the day always seems a little brighter with that first sip of java. With, for me, cream or almond milk, no sugar. And I know, Donnie, that you like that too. Well, while I was sipping myself awake today, I decided that what I really needed to embrace, not only for this show, but for the coming year, is my reality at least as far as I can be real to myself and to you, it's so easy to get caught up in the appearance of things. Like when we see our friends posting on Facebook, you might see everyone with their hair combed and gazing lovingly into the eyes of their partner or having all their family around. Or in my voiceover world, everybody posts about the latest job they booked or how exciting things are, how grateful they are for their work. And we don't see what's underneath some of that. And it's very, very easy to feel like, ugh. My life just does not compare with their life. I can't tell you the times that I have stuck my chin up when I'm going to take a selfie to try to get that little bit of double chin or triple chin to firm up a little bit or turn myself a little to quarter side so that, you know, I don't have to see the full on width of my hips or... There's times when I make sure that I hold the phone up before a selfie from an upper angle so I don't have to see the crepey turkey waddle that I've seemed to grow as I near 60. But you know what, BCs? The truth is, is that I weigh over 200 pounds. I'm almost 60. I do have a turkey waddle. And I'm definitely more broad in the beam than I was even a year or two ago partially due to my physical limitations. And something that brought this to mind was Mark and I went down to Disneyland to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Now that, don't get me wrong, is a wonderful, magical thing. And if you either looked on the Compulsive Overeating Diary page or you looked on my own personal page and you saw Mark and I smiling broadly and having a great time, you might think to yourself, oh, aren't they lucky? 
I sure wish that I could be down there at Disneyland enjoying such a good time. And it is a big blessing. It's absolutely true. That's a really cool thing to do. But what you can't see is that I had just a couple of days before we went down there thrown my back out to such a degree that I was in 100% constant pain. In fact, I was in so much pain that Mark and I thought about canceling our trip, long planned, we'd say for more than a year. But the trouble is, we had to pay a great deal of money to reserve our rooms down there, and I could not get a refund for that money unless I had told them five days in advance. Well, unfortunately for me, I hadn't thrown my back out five days in advance, but three days in advance. So Mark and I talked about it, and we said, well, better to go, and we'll just do what we can. Now, if you've not had back trouble before, you probably don't know that what you can do is not too much, especially when it comes to walking around Disneyland or going on rides or anything like this. Now, I was able to have some very nice meals. I was able to go on. It's a small world, but I took my cane and I was hobbling around and I was in absolute agony physically through most of that trip. Now, I don't say that to say, oh, poor Lori, poor me, and, you know, give me sympathy. I'm saying that because if you only knew what my Christmas was like from my social media feed, you would have no idea that for me, this was one of the most challenging and heartbreaking and hard, (laughs) crummy kind of things because we really did save up to do this. We were looking forward to this trip. I had huge expectations of just how wonderful my Christmas was going to be. Couldn't wait to go. And yet it was totally not what I was hoping for, not even close to what I was hoping for. My reality was that I had to walk very slowly with a cane. And unfortunately for me, the room that we had paid for was about as far away from elevators as one could possibly be. So it made my life pretty darn hard. On the upside, though, I was able to get into the pool and have a pretty good swim and stretch out my back. And there was a lifeguard unlike most hotel pools these days, where I would be kind of worried, like, oh, my back might seize up. At this pool, there actually was a lifeguard, and the water was warm. The day was pretty. I was able to kind of stretch my back out and get some relief. Then I booked myself for a massage, and that actually helped. I was a little bit scared that maybe getting a massage when my back was so sore might make it worse. So I talked to the attendant who was doing it, whether this would be a good idea or if I should just cancel this as well. And they said, no, I know what to do. And that helped me some. But it was not nearly as bright and sparkly of a time as it appeared. And I know some of my friends and their stories behind the story. And if you just looked at them on social media you would see all these wonderful, great things happening. You wouldn't see all the frustrations, the hard work, the disasters, the disappointments, the feeling down, the self-doubts, the emotions that you and I share with each other, BCs. 
the things that we kind of know about when we're real and talk about the challenges that we face. Well, I'm here to tell you I've been thinking about it, and I have plenty of friends who do not have eating issues who still face these kinds of challenges. They feel less than, or they feel like they're frauds, or they feel like they have to always have their makeup on, or they always need to turn to the camera to look good, to feel confident, to feel okay. Because a lot of what we face today in our society is to try to look good, try to seem good, to not really admit when we're down, not to bother others, to have a good face on it, get some more likes, get some more good reviews, get some more social evidence, they call it, that we're doing a good job. Now, in the past, that used to be kind of like uh, keeping up with the Joneses, we'd say. Like, do you have a nice house? Do you have a nice car? Are your kids well-behaved? Do you have a good job? Do you have the appearance of a good marriage or a good relationship? Do your kids behave themselves out in public? This sort of social pressures to keep up and seem like your life was going well is still here today. And I think a lot of that came into play with my eating issues in that I really felt that if I couldn't get myself thin by society standards, if I couldn't fit into a normal size, that I was definitely some kind of freak or monster, not worthy of love. And even today, I was watching a television show where there was a character who supposedly used to be fat, and this other really rude character was saying to that person, even though I liked you, I didn't want to admit that I liked you because after all, you were fat, and what would other people think? And everyone's kind of nodding their heads because it's okay in our country, and our world, I guess, to look down on someone who is fat. That being fat could not possibly be attractive or worthwhile or something that is desirable. Well, I'm here to say that as I approach my 60th birthday, oh my goodness, (laughs) but it's true. My reality is I'm going to turn 60 in a couple of months, is that size is kind of one of the least of my worries. Size is an issue for me in that being a larger size makes it harder to move around and puts more strain on my muscles and on my joints and things. But do I look good on Facebook or do I look good in a small size outfit really does not concern me as much as it used to. I know I talked about this before, but it's a little bit amazing to me that this is sort of really hitting me in an organic way. Like I was telling my friend on the phone today, (laughs) the one good thing about having a really bad back attack is you don't care about too many silly things. It's like, oh, my house isn't as clean as it could be. I don't care. I can't audition today. I don't care. You know, I care about like, is Mark safe? Is the house still standing? Are the cats okay? Are UBCs okay? That's kind of what I care about, or like the people. The people and creatures that I love, and that becomes my priority. Now, sure, it would be nice to go to the store and put on a small outfit and look really wonderful and not have to 
stick my chin out to take that good-looking selfie for you all to see on social media, even though that would still be covering up my self-doubt and my fears and all of the challenges and issues that come with getting older and just being alive. I would still have that. So I think going into this next adventure in 2019, what I really want to embrace is understanding where I truly am, what's truly important, what is my reality, how do I feel about that for myself? Not what do you guys think of my reality, but what do I think of my reality? And I think that even with our Disneyland challenge at Christmas, even with all these feet problems that I've been having, even with putting on a few extra pounds this year because I've just not been active, overall, my life is good and meaningful. And I know some of you have been so generous to let me know that even this little show has made a difference in your life, even in a small way. And that means so very much to me. It's kind of like our Christmas tradition movie, It's a Wonderful Life, about poor George Bailey. And if you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, watch it. It's on streaming right now for free. But It's a Wonderful Life is about George Bailey, lived a pretty ordinary life, and he had all these hopes and dreams that never seemed to come to fruition ever. And it got to the place where he felt like everyone I know would be better off if I had never been born and Angel showed him exactly what that would be like. So sometimes when I'm feeling like things just aren't going my way, I think about that. I have no way of knowing whose lives I've touched just by being who I am. And you have no way of knowing how much you guys have touched my life and Mark's life. We're all in this together. We're all connected. And I think that's the important part of my reality. Live from our studio in beautiful La Crescenta, it's time for Lori's Afterthoughts. What? Additional reflection on today's topic. Before moving on, I wanted to be sure and thank the BC Holiday Shopper or shoppers who use the Compulsive Overeating Diary Amazon link. The small commission that we get from that helped pay for about three months of this show's media storage. Yay! And every little bit helps. I actually took down one of my podcasts, Stories in Voice, because I realized I was not going to get around to working on it anymore, and I just couldn't justify the cost of keeping the few episodes I had completed live. It was a tough, tough decision, because I love the song Fiona wrote as its theme and the artwork my good friend Arliss created for it. But my reality is I don't have the energy, and Compulsive Overeating Diary is where my heart is podcast-wise. So the hard choice was to pull the plug to devote my time, money, and energy toward higher priorities. When BCs take the time to access Amazon via our show link, it not only helps market me financially, but it shows us that you care about the show. 
Same for the virtual coffee some of you send us, and for all of you who take the time to comment, call, or like the show in some way. That connection makes a huge difference to us. One BC who reached out to wish us Happy Thanksgiving soon after our last show was Kat from New Jersey, who called the Bravery Hotline to share her thoughts about learning to be more comfortable as we get older. Good morning, hello, and happy Thanksgiving. This is Kat from South Jersey. Laurie, I just listened to this week's uh, episode that you released, and just wonderful, wonderful thoughts, and I really appreciate it. One of the things that you said this week is that you haven't really lost any weight uh, in the four years that you've been doing this and that you're okay with that. And I have to think about my own life the past few years. I've gained weight, I've lost weight, and for the first time in my life, I don't really care because my focus is not on my weight, it's on my health. And that's a really good feeling. Maybe that comes with age, but I have to say it's in part to knowing that you're there and you feel the same way and all the other BCs are out there in the world and they have similar thoughts. And um, wow, for once I'm okay with that. And I hope that that continues for me and for everyone else. Let's focus on our health and not be obsessed with our size or our weight. And uh, there, that's just one thing to be grateful for, but we all have many more things to be grateful for. So once again, happy Thanksgiving. And I am looking forward to this holiday season and staying grateful. Bye. Oh, thanks, Kat. I'm grateful this holiday season to know you're out there, too. You know, I think I'm almost up to my identical start weight from when I began the show almost five years ago. I can't say that I'm totally happy about it, as these extra pounds make it much harder for me to get around. But as you say, my focus is much more about mobility and pain reduction versus worry about my size or appearance. And I know that once I can safely get back to bike riding and hiking, these pounds will go down, most likely, probably slow as molasses, but they will. And if my biking and hiking days are far in the future, then I hope to learn how to adjust my eating to suit my new activity level. The music I chose to pair with Kat's grateful comments is called Sweet Contentment because I felt the optimistic peace in it and also felt it had a nice tinge of energy that goes with self-acceptance. Last show, I asked you all to remember Donnie in prayer, good thoughts, and or encouragement. Donnie posted this comment on my Thanksgiving blog and tells you why I asked for that. Donnie writes, Hi, my brave friends. I've been thinking about you a lot lately. 2018 has been a rough go of a year for me. It just doesn't seem to end. I started the year out in bankruptcy. I lost my longtime best pal Toby, my pup, this year. I got in a car accident that was a hit and run, and my car was totaled, and I walked away with absolutely nothing. Thankful for no injuries, but still, no car, no down payment, and since I had filed bankruptcy, no credit. It was a seriously sad situation. Also this year, I lost my mother. Another hard thing to deal with. 
And as if all those things weren't enough to keep a good dog down, I have a foot injury that has just been a progressive life injury due to the structure of my feet, excessive obesity, and then a lot of high-intensity cardio. As my podiatrist said, I was not gifted in the genes and feet. I have to have surgery on my left foot as I have not been able to walk normally for some time. I'm gimping around in a robo-boot. Not a fun time. And of course, my gait is off, and I'm starting to feel ailments in all parts of my body. I'm terrified of the surgery. I'm terrified of anesthesia and the recovery. I will be down to, like, no weight-bearing exercise for at least two weeks, if not three weeks, and then after that, it will be slow going and intermittent as to what I'm capable of or not. I'm pretty scared and nervous, all balled up into one. I chose to get my surgery done on December 21st because I figured that the two weeks of holidays would be the best time to miss work. One great thing happened, though. My job is going to let me work remotely from home. I'm so excited on a couple of levels. One, I will not have to go crazy sitting on my couch for two weeks doing nothing. Two, I have control issues, and someone else doing my job does not sound appealing. Three, there really isn't anyone else to do my job, so parts and pieces of it would be farmed out, and that would be even more of a mess. I wasn't worried financially because I had benefits that would assist me to get paid from corporate America. Unfortunately, I work four jobs. Three of those jobs will be compromised during this time. It makes me sad, but what do you do? I would be lying if I didn't admit I'm also afraid of the weight gain that could possibly ensue. Around October, I started to kind of obsess about my weight again and trying to make some choices to help that. I have maintained it a higher-than-I-like weight for a significant amount of time. It seems like no matter what I do, I stay at this weight. If I diet down, if I over-exercise, if I under-exercise, if I eat out a lot, if I cook at home, it just seems like no matter what, I stay at this weight. Some might consider that a gift. I consider it frustrating. Needless to say... I chose to start making some decisions to alter my weight. Immediately, I saw results. It was completely exciting, six pounds in a very short amount of time. Well, guess what, friends? I gained six pounds back in a very short amount of time, doing the same things to lose it. It's really crazy. I just guess my body has found its place. Maybe when you go from 415 pounds down to 155, back up to 230, that's where you belong. Ugh. Thanks for listening and helping me remember I'm brave. Donnie, I am so sorry you have had to face all this crap this year. It is hard enough to lose your dog or your mobility or to have financial challenges without having it all be at the same dang time. And I can't even begin to articulate the pain I know it is to lose your mother. My heart is with you. Another brave BC who reached out to comfort Donnie and to share one of the bravest bravery report moments ever is BC Cadence. Hi, Lori. This is Kevin from New York. Well, it's Cadence now. I've decided to transition into living as a female. Um, so my new name is Cadence, but when I last called in about two years ago, um, Kevin was, would be the name that you would remember me by. I just wanted to call to say thank you so much and uh, tell you how much I appreciate all of this, this journey that you've, you know, let us come on with you. It's been tremendously helpful for my own growth and like, you know, I feel like I, I know so much about you and Cheryl and Donnie and it's 
so tremendously helpful to just like be like, I'm not alone in the pool, you know? <laughs> um, and so thank you very, very much. Um, and so definitely when, when any of you are struggling, my heart goes out to you. And I'm definitely chanting right now for Donnie and her family, just sending like really good vibes from the universe. I told my dad about my transition. He took it so well. It, he told me that, you know, he'll love me no matter what. And I'll always be his child. And he's a devout Jehovah Witness and has been for 15 years. So it's just such a testament to our relationship that, you know, um, we can mutually acknowledge the benefit we both received from our faith practices and check in about it and just like be with each other and like love and respect each other even though we have differing views about like a lot of things and that is just such a wonderful benefit that I wanted to share um, and definitely putting myself on the bravery report it's like a lot of bravery <laughs> chanted for like many months before I had that conversation with my dad and I had so much anxiety and fear about it. Um, I told him when I came out of the closet and told him that I was gay uh, in high school, actually my stepmom told him for me, was not received well and it took many years for us to like build our relationship up. Um, and so I was really happy that we didn't have to start again, you know, and that that was just everything that I prayed for and well beyond, so, so grateful for that. I've also been thinking about my word of the year. I think it's a wonderful idea. Thanks so much, Donnie. I want mine to be wholehearted. I want to be able to really sit with myself in my pain and in my happiness and my joy and be able to really truly be with myself so that way I can really connect to other people in a genuine way and be able to just be with them in their struggles or their victories without judgment or projecting my own insecurities you know, onto them or being clouded by my limitations that I put on myself. You know, like I want to be able to just really wholeheartedly connect to and support and communicate with and love the people that are in my life and really cherish them. Also, I read Eating by the Light of the Moon. Thank you so much. That was so tremendously helpful. The whole storytelling and metaphor and uh, I actually downloaded the audiobook. Oh my goodness, so just wonderful. Just a treat and so helpful. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to share one quote with you, Lori, that I love so much. That I've been revisiting a lot since my mom passed um, and since you know I've come into my own as I feel like a big kid now <laughs> um, so it's from Oriah Mountain Dreamers poem The Invitation I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty every day and if you can source your life from its presence I want to know if you can live with failure yours and mine and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes. So I just like love, love, love this poem. Um, one of my costume design mentors shared it with me uh, and I've always just revisited it year after year and this is the stanza that has caught me recently. Um, so thank you all so very much and I'm super excited to just live a kick butt wholehearted 2019 with all of you. Awesome, okay, bye. Oh, Cadence, my dear. Wow, am I blown away by your bravery. It can be so very difficult to be vulnerable and share your true self. And I am extremely touched that you care and trust us enough to share your journey of gender transition. 
Oh, man, I also loved your quote and immediately went to Araya's site to learn more. I will put links to that poem and to the book you mentioned, Eating by the Light of the Moon, on today's show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. The music I picked for you is called Changing Times. I found it thoughtful and longing and had just a bit of drama, perfect for a story from NYC. BCs, if you would like to share your story on an upcoming episode, here's Mark to explain how. Please announce yourself. Here are some ways you can participate in the show. One, call the Bravery Hotline at 206-350-6445. The number is also on every show page of CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Two, post a comment on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. The episode URL is always CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com front slash D-A-Y with the number of the episode and no spaces. Three, for other features and directions, visit the How to Send audio page on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. It's time to welcome a couple of new BCs. First, let's say hello to Jennifer, who sent a direct message to me via the Compulsive Overeating Diary Facebook page. She says... I recently found your podcast and am listening from the beginning. I'm only on number six, but just thank you for being so very brave. When I listen, it's like having a friend who knows exactly how hard this is. Hard to eat and not to eat, hard to feel uncomfortable in one's own body. Just thank you. Your strength in being able to do this shows you can do anything. I said, hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for taking the time to reach out and let me know. The show has been such a wonderful learning experience for me, and it's been so fun to get to know others who face the same challenges and joys that I do. Hard to believe it's almost five years since the day I started. Would you be comfortable if I greet you by first name and read your message on the next episode, which will be probably 169? I hope you enjoy the journey, Lori. Then Jennifer replied, of course, feel free. I regret just now finding the podcast, but I look forward to catching up on it all. Then Jen joined us on the Bravery Report by posting this story on day 165. Hello, Lori. I am a new listener and have recently sent you a thank you sorts on Facebook. I was listening to episode 15 and had an epiphany moment. This is my story. I was raised in an extremely abusive household and ran away and lived homeless from ages 14 to 17. I met my first husband at 14, and we had two beautiful children together. When my children were 10 and 4 years old, my husband passed away unexpectedly. Sitting them down to tell them the news was the most heartbreaking thing I ever had to do. In that same year, my brother was murdered, and life would never be the same. These events occurred nine years ago now, and I realize I have not had time to grieve as I've had to work multiple jobs to provide for my children, with no life insurance and no savings being left in the wake of their father's death. I went into debt to pay for a proper funeral so my children could find closure. Fast forward to the current day, and I am newly remarried to a wonderful man, work a full-time job that I love, and I'm going to college. The past three years, I've put on over 40 pounds and find myself unable to stop binge eating. It quiets my mind in a way. 
My epiphany moment came while listening to you. I had previously told myself that I ate because I was busy and stressed. I now realize that I have survivor's guilt. My life is so good in every way now, but I am guilty that my children's father cannot be here to see them grow. I am guilty that my brother, who endured horrific abuse with me and the only person on earth who understood me, will never see how beautiful life can be. So I eat to make myself suffer in some way. I'm not saying these things have a pity party. I am very happy to have had this breakthrough, and I owe it to you and your podcast. I am unsure how not to feel guilty at having a good life, and I'm hopeful to one day get to that point. Your honesty and openness has brought me to tears while listening, and if you can be brave, so can I. I am so grateful to be able to listen to you, and sometimes I find myself talking back. It is very much like having a friend who understands the shame with compulsive overeating, and your ability to speak about it is amazing to me. Thank you for all that you do. Wow, Jen. I tell you, that's so powerful. It makes me feel kind of bad for my complaining and kvetching about having a back pain while going to Disneyland. I mean, everyone should have such awful problems as that, right? But I tell you, I thank you so much for sharing this epiphany with us because looking back, I have struggled at times when things seem to be going, quote, too well, unquote. I feel from how I grew up that I don't deserve good times. And an eating issue can be a very handy way to get myself back into my comfortable discomfort zone. And I think this is one area that we as BCs have not really explored as much. And it's very wonderful food for thought. And I am looking forward to any more thoughts that you'd care to share. And the rest of you BCs, if you have any thoughts about eating as self-sabotage, if any of this rings true for you, I would love to hear your take on it. Our other new BC this week is BC Melinda, who posted this comment on day 20. Hello, I just started listening and I'm at episode 20. Boy, does your struggle resonate with me. Thank you for your honesty and I love hearing other people's stories and struggles. I'm going to keep listening and maybe become brave to share my struggles one day. I replied, Hi, Melinda. Welcome, and you are definitely brave already. We call that being on the bravery report, which is a virtual and literal place we celebrate our own bravery. So you are on the bravery report for stepping up to say hello to us. Many people listen, but don't reach out to make themselves known. And as you have written, sharing the struggle not only helps the sharer, but also the many, many BCs, short for brave companions, who find comfort and courage from knowing they are not alone. So BC Melinda, we celebrate your brave act. And I thank you from my heart for your kind comment and hope you enjoy the journey. I look forward to learning more of your story when you're comfortable, XOXO. Another person landing on the bravery report today is Donnie who despite her recent challenges, took time to provide us with some holiday foolish fun. <laughs> Lori presents Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> Thank you.
brave companions. Fun, fun, fun. Time for some foolish fun. I have some Christmas fun. What's red, white, and blue at Christmas time? Oh, a sad candy cane. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Foolish fun. What do you call an elf who steals gift wrap from the rich and gives it to the poor? Ribbon hood. <laughs> what comes at the end of Christmas Day? Well, of course, the letter Y. <laughs> what do angry mice send to each other in December? Cross mouth cards. So fun, 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 foolish fun. One more. Could you tell me a definition of Christmas? Yes, but of course. The time when everyone gets sentimental. Have a good day. <laughs> and if you love to be foolish too, call the Bravery Hotline and get your silly on. Thanks, Donnie Gal. I know you know how much I love Foolish Fun, and this is one of the best gifts I have received this entire holiday season. Mm. Well, VCs, Mark and I were just doing an exercise. Could you describe it to them? An exercise? Yes. What oh. did we just do? Well, when we get upset and uh, angered, we uh, we put our uh, hand on each other's chest and say, I love you. Like this. I'm putting my hand on Mark's chest right now. I love you. Okay. And I'm doing the same thing with Lori. And I'm saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Okay. Are we ready to go? Yes. <laughs> All right. We wanted to be in the best mood possible because, frankly, BC's 2018 had some high points like our Alaskan cruise and some low points like this multitude of physical issues that both Mark and I have experienced that just got in our way. So we thought it would be fun to end 2018 by sharing with you our words of the year. Like Cadence talked about earlier on, Donnie last year gave us this really great idea that every one of us could come up with a word to focus on for the coming new year. So Mark has his word, I have my word. What word did you pick this year and why, honey? I picked perseverance. Perseverance, why did you pick that word? Because I need more of it, that's why. <laughs> in what way? And in, in stick-to-itiveness. And, you know, continuing on, no matter what, doing things I start and, and finishing them. Oh, so you're one of us that you like to start a project and then it kind of gets put off till later and then till tomorrow and then till next week and then till next year and then till never. Well, no, it's it's not never. I'm just not uh, consistent enough uh, doing what I really want to do. And I have a tendency to let things slide instead of like saying, okay, I'm going to continue doing this and I'm going to stay stay at it. Well, but you're not talking like self-control, like wanting to force yourself to do things. No, no, it has to be, it has to be things, has to be goals I really actually want to accomplish, but don't let slide. For example? Like playing the piano, 
dancing, bike riding, yoga, meditation, those type of things. Well, that's pretty cool. I know that the other BC would love to hear more from Mark the Meditator in the coming year. Oh, well, they might luck out, sweetheart. <laughs> What's your word for this year? My word for this year is simplicity. Because I think one of my big problems and where I get in my own way is I overthink everything. And I'm always trying to plan everything for every horrible possibility that might happen. And I think I exhaust myself and I think I disappoint myself. So part of we talked about mindfulness of just kind of like letting things be. I think that I need to figure out like what's the most simple course for me? How can I keep things more simple? Well, that sounds like very a very good plan, sweetie. You would agree with me. Yes. <laughs> That's not very nice. Oh, well, I didn't say I was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you too, Judy. And we love you too, BCs. We hope for you a happy and healthy 2019. Uh, yeah, as she said, have a happy 2019. So until next year, BCs, take care because we really, 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 really care. care.